Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Well, let's start with this. Any surprise for you that is going to be Alabama and Ohio State for the championship? Yeah, I picked Clemson over Ohio State like I think uh, a lot of other folks did as well. And I think it was because Ohio State just was hard to gauge. You know, those six games, people argued whether they should get in or not with six games, but I think it was more difficult to gauge what they are because they even hadn't figured out their identity yet. So uh, they got healthy. uh, They got all their players back. They figured themselves out. So, uh, yeah, that was the biggest surprise to me. Not surprised at all about Alabama's domination over Notre Dame. But, uh, you know, it was hard. Like I said, it was hard to gauge what Ohio State was. Their last time out against Northwestern, they did not look good, and uh, they fixed it, so all credit to them. By the way, and I know this is water under the bridge, and I'm not so sure that Dabo Sweeney doesn't like controversy anyway, but wouldn't it have made more sense for him if, if he didn't think a team was worthy of being in the top 10 with six games? Why not just say, it's my policy that I'm not going to put a team with six games in the top 25? Well, he did. Uh, that, well, not in the top twenty-five, but he said he would. If he he would keeps, rank, he would rank them accordingly. Because, like he 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 was consistent about how you know he voted every team that had six or seven games. That was you know I, I don't think that he felt like he didn't want to include them in the top twenty-five because I think they just, he felt like they deserved it and he said that. But uh, he was consistent about knocking down teams that hadn't played, you know, a lot of games. That was kind of how he operated, and he said that. And I, I just wonder why why knock them down, and why not just have a policy? If you're not going to put them in the top ten, why not say I'm not going to put them on my ballot at all? I'm, I'm only going to put teams that have played nine or more games on my ballot. That would have made more sense to me, and it would have avoided controversy because then nobody with Ohio State could have said, well, he had us number 11. Well, I disagree. That would have caused more controversy because – uh, he, he would, they wouldn't have been in there at all, and they'd have thought that his policy was made up just to troll people. Uh, but his policy was not to elevate teams that hadn't played a lot of games, and he was consistent about that. So I don't, I didn't see anything wrong with it at all. Barrett, as you mentioned, Alabama, Notre Dame, not quite the outcome that we hope to see, not as competitive as we hoped that it would be. And Notre Dame racking up a lot of losses since 2000 in BCS and New Year's Six Bowl games. Notre Dame seems to be a team that can get to this position but can never really finish the job. What do you think is missing from the equation at Notre Dame to put them on a level of a Clemson or an Alabama? Well, they've got a good roster but not a great roster, and it, it, a lot of there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I think part of it is just where they sit in the country. Uh, they SEC, Texas, those are you know aside from Ohio State, you know that's where all the players are. And, and Notre Dame, I think, has an issue because. Really, what you just said is that reputation among players. You know, they, they view Notre Dame as an afterthought and a team that can't win the big game. Now, you know, those of us that are older remember, you know, the, the days with Lou Holtz and, and, and other great coaches and when Notre Dame was a powerhouse. But the reputation that you just said is the reputation that high school players have in Notre Dame. And that doesn't resonate well, especially considering – you know, it's not in the footprint of, of where all the great players are in high school. So uh, it's, I think that, that obviously is a criticism, and Brian Kelly doesn't like it. Uh, he hasn't been able to change it. Uh, but it's a lot harder to change it at Notre Dame than it is, you know, at Alabama or Clemson. Because, again, they just have a recruiting disadvantage. They have an, uh, an additional recruiting disadvantage because 
their academic standards are so high. And that's not to say that football players aren't smart. A lot of them are, but uh, there are some that, that can't get in and that's uh, another problem. So, you know, it's just, it's a confluence of different things and uh, there's, there's no good way to fix it. Uh, and, and I think that's why you're sort of seeing that their ceiling is just not as high as Clemson and Alabama and Ohio state. And really there's not much they can do about that. They, they, are going to contend. They're going to be there in the discussion every single year. And if they're going to win a national championship, uh, they're going to have to strike lightning in the bottle a little bit uh, more than maybe some other teams. Barrett, speaking of bringing a program back to an elite level, do you think Steve Sarkeesian is the guy to get Texas back there? I do. uh, Well, I do under normal circumstances. Uh, Texas has way too many chefs in the kitchen. I mean, I'm talking way too many chefs in the kitchen. And so, um, but from, from, from all accounts, talking to some people around Austin, uh, it was not really received well that Chris Del Conte wanted to make that hire. And he made the hire anyway, which to me says that he's trying to, to make that inner circle smaller, which is a very good thing at Texas. He's going to have to continue that. You know, he's going to have to make sure that that circle stays small because if, if it gets bigger, then you have more money going in and more people expecting their decisions to matter. And if Sark doesn't turn things around quicker, then he's going to be gone in three or four years like Tom Herman and Charlie Strong because they've got an unrealistic expectation of themselves in Austin. But uh, if, he's, if he's given the time, yeah, he'll be fine. He's a, a brilliant offensive mind. I think you go back and look at his two years at, at USC – they finished tops in the Pac-12 in third down defense. I think he knows that in this day and age of college football, you have to have complementary offense with defense, and the defense just has to, has to be opportunistic, which is something that he's already done. And so, yeah, I think if, if they'll just leave him alone in Texas, he'll be fine. Uh, but that's, oh, that's, a lot, that's easier said than done, especially in a place like Austin. Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com with us on 101 ESPN. Barrett, we should have a really dynamic championship game. Both of these teams have such great skill on offense, and I would think that they should light up the scoreboard. Yeah, it's a record-setting over-under in Vegas, so uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, I I think it was nice to see what uh, Ohio State was able to do uh, with its receivers back. Its offensive line was healthy. It was prepared, and that helped a lot. I mean, they, that offensive line was incredible against Clemson. Uh, the defensive front clearly uh, has made strides. And really, I mean, we could see it was making strides toward the end of the year anyway. But, man, they looked strong, especially up the middle, which I think could be a problem for Alabama without Landon Dickerson. I don't necessarily think Notre Dame can exploit, uh, could exploit that uh, the way that Ohio State potentially can. So, uh, with that said... Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's weakness is its secondary. Obviously, Alabama's all right uh, in their wide receiver department. And uh, Ohio State's, you know, their receivers, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and even the tight end, Pascal, in that group, uh, they, they found their stride. And I think just, Justin Fields, uh, you know, you, you, I don't put a lot of faith in being on a mission normally, but I, I'm, in, I'm in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, in Cobb County. That's where he played high school football. I've been around him quite a bit. Uh, when, when that dude's determined, it's a different level. And, and he is determined right now. There's no doubt. 
Barrett, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate you having taking some time with us this morning. Have a happy new year and enjoy the championship game. Thanks, guys. Y'all too. Take care. Barrett Sully of CBSSports.com with us on 101 ESPN. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com. Or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower. Longer. Lecvio. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.